The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning into the show. And for those of you who are new here, welcome. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where I dive deep on all topics of mental toughness, mental discipline, health and fitness, my life, stories, you name it. And for today's episode, we are going to be doing a little bit of story time. We are going to be diving deep on a, a chunk of my past, a chunk of my story that ultimately has led me to where I am today, the way I act, the way I think, the way I behave. I mean, I think it's true for all of us, your past 1000% kind of determines and dictates your future, your present. I mean, you name it, your, your experiences are, are your everything. And for me, a lot of my foundation with my mindset, with my mental toughness and discipline and, you know, that whole side of me uh, comes from sports comes from gymnastics, comes from my 18 years spent in one of arguably the hardest and most difficult, challenging sports, you know, careers that there is out there, 1000%. And the point of me telling this story, and I'm going to be sharing my my entire sophomore year, uh, the point of me sharing this story is to show you guys why, or I guess tell you guys why I am the way that I am, why I think the way that I do and act the way that I do. And again, you know, what has enabled me to be who I am. And I think the biggest mistake that a lot of people make is having more so that fixed mindset and thinking, you know, you either have it or you don't. Um, and it's actually funny because I know I've, I've actually joked about this uh, in a few previous episodes where one of like my biggest life lessons is my mom has always told me like can't teach it right you can't teach the hustle you either have it you have that grind you have that in you or you don't um, and while I love her I love that saying and I've lived my life like that it can be teached it absolutely can be teached if you want it to be. If you want to change the way you think, the way you behave, the way you move through this life, you can do that, right? It's not, you know, this fixed trait of either having it or not. Um, And that is a very simple-minded way of looking at it, but I love that saying. So I'm going to keep living my life by it. But bottom line is this story and and this year, this chunk of of my life um, undoubtedly tested me more, taught me more, challenged me more. I mean, put me through the ringer more than any other time period uh, in my life. And without understanding where I've been, you can't really fully grasp why I am the way that I am, why I think the way that I do, why I have the opinions on so many of the topics that I talk about with you guys on this show. It's because of what I've been through. And it's not just this, you know, you're supposed to be tough, so I'm tough. It's like I've been through some shit. No, I don't have this crazy traumatic, you know, my my story only really scratches the surface of I'm sure what many of you guys have been through out there, but it's the story that I have. It's the experiences that I've been through. It's the life that I have lived. And looking back and kind of reflecting on this, it was it was an easy choice for today's episode. And and I want to backpedal a little bit as well because there's so many topics that I want to discuss, I want to go over, I want to share my thoughts on, but I almost feel like I'm doing you guys a disservice if I don't always or at least a little bit give, you know, the the insight to me. 
give a little bit more of my personal background and who I am. And I was going back through all my shows. I'm like, wow, I don't, I don't talk too much about who I am or what I've been through or what my life looks like or my goals. I mean, I'm helping set you guys up for, you know, that, that success in health and fitness, but I don't have the credibility to talk about any of these things unless I've been through it myself. And I've told you guys like, I've been there. I've been you, I've been in your shoes, but like, I don't know, let's hear about it, right? It's like the proof is in the pudding. So I wanted to really just get a little bit more personal with today's episode and share this this year of my life, my sophomore year of college, which was what, 2017 to 2018 uh, year. And it was brutal. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, you guys are going to hear all about it. But the only thing that I can really say and the only thing that I can kind of pull from a lot of these experiences, both in my sophomore year, you know, other years of my life, post college, post high school, like at, at any point, the only thing I've really, or I guess the only lesson that has kind of continually shown up over and over again is shit is hard. Shit is hard and you have to get through it. There's no choice. It, 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 you have to get from point A to point B regardless of what is standing in your way. And I know that sounds kind of dark uh, in a sense and a little bit, you know, negative. But that's, to me, that's the bottom line. And that's what I've been shown in my life. And everybody's life and journey and story is very, very different. Um, but mine hasn't been easy. And I'm more than okay with that. I would rather have a struggle and tough times and obstacles and, you know, lows and and. I would rather that than sunshine and rainbows and everything is great and life is good because when you're in that, I mean, that's great, good for you if you've, you've had it pretty, you know, relatively easy, so to speak, but you don't really have a, you know, an idea or really a single, you know, inkling of what it's really like to have to work for something that you want. And I've had many, many people in my life through all my years who have lived that. And that's fantastic. It's almost like that ignorance is bliss. You don't know what you don't know. And if life is good, it's always been good. It's always been easy. Awesome. Keep moving forward. Keep coasting. Keep doing what you're doing. I don't think there's a bad thing to say about that. But I'm from the other side of things where shit has been hard. And looking at the two kind of objectively, I would so much rather go through hard shit and learn hard shit and be able to do hard shit um, so that I can make it through whatever life throws at me. Uh, so this crazy, you know, period of time in my life with so many highs and lows and more lows and more lows, I got through it. And it's a very big reason why I have the mindset that I have right now, why I'm disciplined, why I think the way that I do. And I'm grateful for that. I'm incredibly grateful. So no, if you're on the other side of this listening, you don't have to go through some crazy, insane period of college athletics or, you know, a career in, in gymnastics for 18 years. You don't have to do that to develop a disciplined mindset. But that's what I did. That's what that's what led me to where I am. It's my story. It's the only one I've got to tell. And like I said, I really want to showcase me a little bit more on, you know, this episode as well as just the show moving forward. Um, this isn't so not a brag about myself type of episode and they never are the ones that I've talked about my personal story. It's never this, hey, look at me, I'm doing great. It's, hey, look at the tough shit I made it through. This is how I made it through and this is why it's going to be important for me now. Um, so that's what today's episode is going to be about. It's, it's telling the story of my sophomore year of college at the University of Maryland. It's a very, very small glimpse into my life, um, into my life as an athlete, into my life in college. It's, you know, a couple of months of time, but it, like I said, is one of the most pivotal periods of time and 
one that hopefully sharing can allow you guys to get a bit more insight into me um, and also a little bit of a push to if you're you're currently going through this time in your life so let's do it Okay, so we are running it back. I'm going to give you guys a quick little snippet into what my freshman year of college was like. And let me just start here. I'll give a little background for anyone who is new here who hasn't quite heard, you know, my story, my background. So I started gymnastics, the sport of gymnastics, when I was three years old. My mom put me in my little classes, uh, probably never thinking anything of it. Uh, Long story short, I continued that through all my years of middle school, all my years of high school, got recruited and uh, did gymnastics at the Division I level at the University of Maryland. Uh, Maryland was my top choice school. I never in a zillion in one years ever, ever, ever thought I could ever actually make it there uh, because the I believe the statistic is about 1% of high school gymnasts or gymnasts at that age uh, make it to the division one level. 1% in the whole entire country. I knew that. I knew that. It might even be 2%. We'll go with 2% because it sounds a little bit more realistic, but that's that's setting the scene. That's that's a statistic that I knew, a number that I was well aware of as I was going through the process of trying to be recruited, emailing coaches, showing up here, doing that, phone calls, you name it. It was uh, damn near impossible. And I had set my sights on Maryland. Don't ask me why. I just kind of did. Um, I mean, there's a number of reasons, but that was my top choice. And uh I'll tell my recruiting story maybe another time, but I landed there. I got there. I did it. I did the damn thing. And my freshman year was absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. I have chills just thinking about it right now. That was probably one of the greatest years of my life. And as I talked about earlier, highs highs and lows. It, it really is. So freshman year was an absolute high for me. I, you know, just joined the team. I was on the team as a walk-on, meaning that I did not have any money to go to Maryland. I was just there. I was good enough to be on the team. They wanted me on the team, but they had already given out all of their scholarships, all of their money. So freshman year, about a month and a half in, some things changed around and I actually earned myself a full scholarship, uh, which was absolutely incredible. I wound up competing quite a bit as a freshman, which was insane not only just to compete as a freshman but to have me me little old me from Connecticut competing at a Big Ten school a huge name in college gymnastics and and doing the damn thing and that was not something I expected I knew coming in I was a little bit lower on the totem pole as far as skill and talent goes but I worked my ass off I got incredible grades I freaking Oh, I was thriving. I was thriving in this year of life. Freshman year, it was hard as shit, don't get me wrong, but there was a lot of really great moments that year um, coming off a high. I just, oh, I had my dream, you know, my dream life as a collegiate gymnast. Like, it was insane. I could not even, every year after year, and even looking back now, I'm like, I really did that. I really freaking did that. And living in that freshman year was a dream. It, it was. And, you know, to go more the health and fitness route as well, it was such a cool transformation for me to go from, you know, high school gymnastics, which I didn't do high, I didn't do gymnastics through my high school, but I was in high school, I was doing, you know, my own club gymnastics, whatever you name it. But the, you know, conditioning, working out, nutrition, that was not really any bit a part of my life. I, I knew how to flip around. Like that's what I did. But you take it to the division one level and hey, now we've got, you know, athletic trainers, we've got, you know, lifting coaches, we've got nutritionists, we've got all eyes on you to make sure your body, your life, your everything, you're performing as optimally as possible. And the nerd in me was like so excited about having a nutritionist, so excited about having programmed lifts and progressions and people testing my my maxes and my PRs. Like, oh I thought 
thrived and I came out of freshman year with the best damn body I have ever had. I was shredded. I was ripped. I was lean as can be, strong as hell. I was a literal machine literal machine and I remember coming home even just Thanksgiving like you go to school you know August September October November what three months later three four months later I came home for Thanksgiving it was the first time my family had seen me and everyone was like yo what the fuck happened to you like I I looked so good I'm gonna toot my own horn because I was killing it so that's a little glimpse into freshman year it was insane. It was incredible. So obviously, I'm going to have incredibly high expectations coming off of that heading into my sophomore year, right? Heading into year number two. I'm now no longer, you know, the rookie on the team. I've got a good flow of things. I know how things work. I'm a little bit more well-established. There's a lot less unknowns. It's a lot more in my control. Um, and I should have known, too, just the way my life works. I should have known coming off a highest of highs, like, you're in for it, dude buckle down and get ready. And that's exactly what sophomore year was. So being me and having incredibly high expectations for myself, I, you know, looked back on freshman year and I wanted more. I wanted to compete even more. I wanted better grades. I wanted to show up as more of a leader on the team. I wanted to have a better body. I wanted just every success that I had freshman year. I wanted more. I was getting a little greedy in a good way though, because hear me out, all of those things are in your control. So to want more for yourself is fantastic when you're in control of each of those things. And that's what I wanted. So I came into sophomore year, got there like end of August or whatever it was, whenever I got back to to school. Um, And I came in ready to freaking grind. I had this like, you know, I got this type of mindset. And the first couple of weeks of school for us as for gymnastics, we call them, I, I believe, I don't remember actually what we called them. It was like boot camp weeks, but it was like it had its special name. But basically it's, it's you know, six to eight weeks of um, pretty much hell where every single day is some sort of extra. So yes, you have practices for, you know, three and a half, four hours. You've got, you know, all your normal classes, lift schedule, whatever. But then you also have these extra workouts and there's like a different day for each one. Sundays were Sunday run days. We had Fridays were actually Zumba, which was like a fun cardio type deal, which honestly, I don't know where they found these Zumba instructors, but this shit was a freaking workout for an extra hour at the end of a Friday practice. Like you're exhausted. So Zumba was fun, but it was hard as shit. So those first couple of weeks, couple of months of school, like I knew this, right? I already went through boot camp for freshman year, so I knew what to expect. I'm like, I got this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go even harder. Like, watch me. And what I did in my crazy little mind is somehow convinced myself that the workouts we were doing for boot camp and practice and lifting and running and all that shit somehow it wasn't enough like in my crazy mind I convinced myself that whatever we were doing freshman year was harder more intense was better and I needed to you know make up for that I needed to cover the lost ground for what we were not doing my sophomore year I mean, workouts were a little easier. We had some different strength coaching and different programming and you name it, but it was, it was more than enough. It was more than enough. And in my crazy head, I said, all right, well, you know, this shit's easy. I'm going to do extra. So on our very few and far between off days and rest days, I would do extra workouts. I would go on an extra run. I would go to the gym, like the little mini gym that one of my, like the upperclassmen had in their apartment complexes. Um, I would work out there. It was strictly cardio. I would do some abs. I would just get a good sweat in. Like I thought I needed to just do a little more, right? The, the conditioning we did was like fine, but it wasn't enough. Like who the fuck says that? I don't know, but I said it. So I would do extra workouts. And on top of that, this is kind of when I started becoming slightly obsessive with 
my physique, with my body, you know, the scale, all of all of the negative shit that comes along with it. And it almost was because freshman year I got such great results. All I wanted was to see that again. And for anyone who's kind of started a health and fitness routine or, or done something like this, you know the first go around, you're going to see the best results, right? You're going to see those newbie gains where everything in your body just looks better. You have this crazy transformation because it's almost like your body was shocked into this new routine. Now, I had already done that. So it's pretty silly looking back now to be like, I'm going to have that same epic transformation when I'm coming in already looking pretty good right? What am I going to look fantastic? Like, yes, but no, right? Those results were not going to happen the same. And I was expecting double that. I was like, I'm going to put in more work to see even better results. So that's when I started becoming a little bit crazy with, you know, restrictive eating and not eating nearly enough. And like, okay, we're going to stick with salads when I went to the dining hall and like, I'll put my chicken on there. I'm not really going to have any snacks or oops, I missed dinner. It is what it is. Like I was so not fueling my body and then pushing it way, 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 way past its limits. Um, And that can only really go on for so long until you, you hit a bump in the road, you hit an obstacle or something forces you to slow down. So there was absolutely no recovery. There was no breathing. I threw myself headfirst, dove into the start of my sophomore year, which I don't think necessarily in retrospect is not a bad thing. It was the way that I had went about it that was setting me up for nothing but failure um, like no chance. So like I said, we all, if you do this and the longer I did it, it was not working. Clearly I was exhausted. I was fatigued. I was tired. I had no energy all the time. I was cranky. This also now looking back is when my acne flared up so fucking bad. Like I used to wear baseball caps, like a hat to all of my classes all day long, like to try to cover my forehead because my acne was so bad over my entire forehead. It wasn't like a little few pimples, you know, when you sweat all the time and you're working out, like you get some pimples, sure. These things were like boulders in my, it was, it was, I couldn't even touch them. They hurt so bad. It was terrible, terrible. And looking back, being more educated now, I'm like, huh, I bet that had something to do with probably my hormones being imbalanced. Probably the fact that I wasn't eating enough or sleeping enough or resting enough, you name it. So my body was screaming at me and I used to just wear a hat. Like, cool, I'll just wear a hat, right? This sucks. Oh, I'm going to complain, complain, complain and not do anything about it. So I hit the wall. I hit the freaking wall and that wall came in the form of my head coach. And my coach's name was Brett. And he, this was in the middle of practice. There's people around, there's people watching, there's everybody's doing their thing. And I remember I was on floor, I was tumbling and kind of just, we're in preseason. So we're training different things. We're kind of working towards some stuff, whatever. And I was slow as shit. I had no energy. Everything was just dragging. Like practices were so hard. And in my opinion, I'm like, ah, I gotta just work harder, right? Something, something's gotta give. But we know now you guys listen to the stories like, no, dude, that's not why. Yeah, I wish somebody had told me then. But anyway, that brick wall was my coach, Brett. And he, I was on floor. He literally came over to me. He was spotting me on something. And I just looked like a slow motion freaking snail. And I landed whatever I was trying to do, whatever. And he came storming over to me and he pulled me to the side and he basically told me everything I didn't want to hear. He, I don't remember exactly what it was, but something under the impression of what do you think you're doing? And I'm just looking at him like I'm trying to tumble. I'm trying to, you know, 
do what I need to do? And he's like, and how is that working for you? Do you think it's working well? Do you feel like you're doing a good job? And I was like, um, no, like just totally caught off guard. Me, a little goody two shoes. I've never been in trouble at Maryland. I've never, never in my life had any, no, just not me. So for him to even be raising his voice slightly, I crumbled, crumbled. I like didn't even know what to say. He's like, hmm, hear me out. Like, how do you think this is going to work, right? We're doing all these extra workouts. And what are you doing on the days we're not working out, D? And I was like, um, he's like, what are you doing? Are you resting? Are you staying at home? Are you studying? Are you doing what you need to do? What are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing extra workouts, like voice shaking. He's like, exactly. Exactly. He's like, you are not letting your body rest. You're pushing it to the limit. It's not working for you. It's not going to work for you. And I can't have you doing this. If this is what you're going to do, you're not competing this year. And I just like stood there wide eyed, probably a little teary eyed, to be honest, and just was like, completely shut down. And I don't know, again, that those weren't his exact words by any means, but I walked away from that conversation understanding a few things. One, this was not working. Two, my body feels like shit. Three, my head coach, hello, this is a big deal. My head coach just told me that I wasn't going to be competing this year. And he was right. There was nothing about anything that I was doing that was setting me up for success or allowing me to be, you know, the gymnast that I needed to be, the teammate that I needed to be, the person I needed to be for myself. I was doing nothing for that. He called me right out. He said, I'm doing too much. You're, I don't think he said, he didn't say anything about like, you look really tiny, but he was just like, you're not, you know, you're not there. You you know, you don't even have the strength needed to do, because I was getting frail. Like I, looking back, I know I was like, it just... I was so unhealthy during this time with the blinders on and the impression that I was just doing more because I'm a badass and I needed to show up more and I needed to be the leader and it was running my body into the ground. So for your head coach to tell you and look you in the eyes only a couple weeks into preseason and be like, yeah, you're not doing this. This is not what we're doing this year. I freaked out. I freaked out. But hear me out. I didn't freak out and be like, I need to make a change. This wasn't the brick wall that allowed me to actually do something differently. This was the brick wall. Picture like trying to run <laughs> head first into a, a wall. Literally, what's going to happen? You're going to bounce back, right? You're, you're not going to be able to run through it. That's not a chance. You're not going to be able to run up and over it, right? We're not, we're not, this situation was not a, how do I get around this obstacle? This was a brick wall that I hit and bounced back. So instead of being motivated and needing to make a change and recognizing, hey, he's telling me this because he gives a shit and he cares and he sees that there's a problem here, I took it as fuck this. Fuck this, right? I I don't want to be here. I don't want to compete this year. I don't want to do any of this shit. I'm tired. I don't want to be at practice. I can't do a fucking anything that I need to do because I don't want to do it and I'm exhausted. And I went into a spiral of resentment for gymnastics for practices for my coaches like why I even was there in the first place why I even wanted to be here like I signed up for this shit like are you kidding me and as crazy as it sounds at you know only was I 19 years old like my physique and the way I looked was my top priority right I was at a division one school for gymnastics with them paying for my education I think they were still paying at that point and the only thing I cared about was how lean and shredded my abs looked. Guys, that is ridiculous. That is embarrassing. That is, looking back now, like, what? I wish somebody would have hit me over the head, and Brett kind of tried to. Didn't work because you're 19 and you're stubborn as shit and you don't want to hear it, but that was my 
that was my goal. That was my focus. And again, I got so hooked on how great the transformation I saw was that I wanted that more than I wanted to be good at gymnastics. Like I lost sight of the why behind all of the conditioning and the training and the extra shit. It was to make you the best you could for this team. Not to make you look good so that, you know, you're in a bikini for the summer and you're like, holy shit, I look amazing. That's not why. That's a byproduct, sure. Great, that's awesome. But that's not why. That's not the purpose of what we were doing. And I got so sucked into the physical results that I started to be resentful towards gymnastics because it was taking away from me being able to do what I wanted to do, which was training, which was lifting, which was not eating. Like it, it, that was my focus. And you can't be a gym. Like, I don't know if anybody out there is like seeing college gymnastics or the you know, gymnastics in the Olympics. Like you have to be a fucking powerhouse. You have to have so much strength, so much energy, so much, like you can't be this little frail noodle trying to like get her butt into shape. And I'm, I'm definitely exaggerating a little bit. I still looked great. I still had a ton of muscle on me. I was still able to do what I needed to do, but it was just so damn hard and it was so damn exhausting that this conversation needed to happen. And I got so upset in that moment too, because I also started to think forward and realize like, if I'm not competing this year, like well, then why am I here? Why am I even going to practice? Why am I doing anything? Why do I even care? Like if he just told me like, hey, look, you're not cutting, you're not making the cut this year was basically what he said. I was like, well, then fuck this. I don't like, okay, see ya, right? Like what do I wanna, what do I wanna be here for? So for anyone who doesn't know college gymnastics, basically it works like this. Our team had about, I wanna say 17, 18 girls on it. Um, And there's four events. Vault, bars, beam, floor. When you go out and compete, you will put up your top six routines on each event. So if you are not in that top six for the event, you're not competing. So uh, talk about vault. If you are not one of the top six vaulters on the team, you're not competing. Okay, then we go to bars. If you are not the best at bars of the top six on the team, you're not competing. And hear me out, you don't have to compete everything. Uh, Me personally, I only competed vault and beam while I was in college. Those were my two best things. Those are the, the events that I made the lineup for. I made the cut for. I was, you know, I was top of top of the team for those ones. Bars, not my thing. I never expected to compete bars. I would never do that. So hear me out. If you're not making the lineup, that top six for any of the events, you are not competing for your team. Yes, you're still at the competitions, you're still traveling, you're still, you know, showing up and yada yada, but you're almost like standing on the sides. And as great as it is to still cheer on your team and like be a part of that moment, if you don't, if you're not contributing, it's not the same. It's not the same. It, it, it Bottom line is black and white. You don't feel like you're actually doing anything. It's like, you know, you're, you're on the team that won the Super Bowl, but you didn't actually step on the field. It's like, cool, we won the Super Bowl, but like, you know you didn't actually do shit to help you guys win the Super Bowl. So that's kind of the way gymnastics is. If you're there, but you're not there, it sucks. Um, so that was that's always the goal is to try to make lineups and to be in the lineups for, you know, at least the events that were your, you know, your thing. So I started to look at the fact that I wasn't going to make lineups and wasn't going to actually be competing as huh, a kick in the dick for lack of a better word and then I got really lazy at practice and I stopped wanting to improve because shit was just really hard and what the fuck was I doing this for anyway so can anyone take a wild guess as to what happened after I was putting my body through the ringer for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks on end oh I got injured 
Shocker, right? Who's surprised? Anybody? Anybody out there like, oh, wow, I cannot believe she got an injury with all of that hard work. Yeah. So when you don't let your body rest, it lets you know that, hey, we need to rest. So what happened to me, and I have had this happen multiple times, I have terrible ankles. My ankle mobility is shot because I have sprained or broken my ankles, I want to say upwards of 10 to 15 times through my time in gymnastics. And for anyone out there who's sprained an ankle, you know, when it recovers, like you never really get full mobility back, right? You never really get that full range of motion. It always still feels a little tight. Yeah. And then you do that like 10 to 15 times and continue to, you know, do gymnastics, land, flip, jump, all this, all this stuff off of those ankles. Like they're never healing. I'm sorry. They're never going to heal. And that's, that's where I was. This was leading up to Maryland. This wasn't even when I got there. So I have shit ass ankles, for lack of a better word. They're terrible. Now, when I put all that stress on my body and was doing extra and going for extra runs and extra cardio and burning calories, burning calories, burning calories, not refueling anything, what happens? Your body says, dude, this is fucked up. We hurt and shit happens. You get hurt. You get injured. So for me, what had happened is my right ankle, I started to form, it's called a bone spur, which basically, for me at least, was due to very high and continuous impact at like a very bad angle in my ankle so to try to describe this to you guys I'm such a visual person this is going to be tough if you were to look down at your foot if you're standing on the ground and you look down at your foot the point of your ankle where your like leg connects in right right where it bends that like 90 degree angle right there that's where the bone spur formed And basically what it was was a, you know, eroded piece of bone that was coming off of my ankle joint. And kind of if you if I were to move my foot, you can see it looks like a giant rock (laughs) sitting right where your foot should bend. So obviously very painful. I used to limp around campus if I like caught my foot and put like too much pressure on my big toe versus my pinky toe, it would like hit that. It was so painful. It was so painful. I used to limp around this gigantic campus and complain all the time. So this is what happened. And I obviously had to take a pretty big step back. My events, like I said, vault, beam, and a little bit of floor as well. Very high impact for your ankles. So I had to take a good amount of time just recovering, letting it rest. Lots and lots of Advil, lots and lots of rest, lots of ice. The problem was that a bone spur, like it doesn't go away right? It's not like a sprain where like if you rest it, it'll heal. Like this was now a abnormally formed piece of bone that was pretty much sticking up and standing right in the way of my ankle moving properly. So we knew this in preseason. I'm talking probably like November, December-ish and there's nothing we can do about it because the only solution to a bone spur of that size and where it was, was surgery to basically shave it down and remove it. Um, And being at that point, if I had chosen to do surgery, chosen to, to go that route, my whole season would have been gone. There was no chance. So this was another layer on the cake, another little cherry on top of like, I hate this shit. I hate this shit. I don't feel good. My body hates me. My ankle hurts. I'm limping around campus. I can't even get up the stairs. Like, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this. And this was basically the attitude that I had adopted probably for my entire fall semester, which is half of the year. And that's a long time to absolutely hate what you're doing, hate what you're going through, hate the way you feel, hate the way you look because you're a psychopath and you have really crazy expectations. Like I was so miserable and now limping around, you know, day to day, I I just, it was, it was too much. And I wanted to quit so badly. 
I wanted to quit so badly. I can't even explain to you guys. I used to call my mom probably every day, bless her soul, trying to listen to me complain. But every day, why am I doing this? I hate this. She would call me after practice. How was it today? Any better? I'm like, no, I'm sitting in the ice bath. My foot is broken. I can't even move so miserable and it was I I was like I I need to quit this is this is getting to a point of like enough is enough Uh, mentally physically emotionally I was so gone Um, and of course that affects every other aspect of my life too like my relationships with my teammates my friends the people on campus my coaches like I just was not me and I had many comments kind of thrown my way a bunch like oh D you used to be so positive or you used to be so happy like where's where's smiley D today I'm like eh she ain't here, bro. Like she's gone. You know what I mean? Like it was so negatively impacting so many areas of my life that my solution in that moment was to quit. What do you guys think? Did I quit? Did I quit? No, of course not. Am I a quitter? No. Will I quit anything in my life? No, absolutely not. That was not an option beyond it just being something I would continually talk about every day. And that's what my mom had told me too. This this woman is, she needs to write a book or something along those lines. But she, I mean, she painted the picture of like, listen, hey, if you're that miserable, quit and be done. If you're not going to quit, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like she didn't say it in those words, but what is the point of continuing to complain and complain and get annoyed and resentful and hateful and this, if you're not going to do anything about it? If you're going to do something about it, then do something about it. But if not, shut the fuck up. Because all I was doing was wasting my own energy and taking away from any small moments of like things went really well or this was a good practice or I feel good today or I did something really well. All of those small moments were totally, totally, you know, plowed through by this blanket of negativity and hate that I was surrounding myself and my brain with every single day. I literally was walking around with like a dark cloud around my head, like you see in the cartoons. Like that was me. And shit started to get better. It wasn't always horrible, but I was so in my own lane of hate that I couldn't see past my own bullshit. So we are coming up on the turnaround. You guys knew it had to happen, right? There's no way this episode was like, wow, shit was shit for a whole year. The end. Like you guys know there had to be a turnaround. So we are coming right up around that turnaround. So that mindset shift, and that was the only thing that changed. Let me just, you know, bring it full circle back to the mental reps podcast we are here for mindset we are here because that dictates everything and the only thing that changed that allowed me to turn any of this horrific negativity and hate around was my mindset if I was gonna be there I was gonna be there If I was going to practice, I was going all in. I was putting effort in. I was showing up. I wanted to compete, right? Because I think in that moment, that conversation with Brett where he told me like, yeah, you're not, this is, you're not good enough this year, right? If this is the the route we're going down here and you're not going to cut it. In that moment, I was like, well, fuck that. Then I don't want to compete, right? But doing a little digging and really thinking about things, I did. I did want to compete. I had an incredible year, freshman year. I showed up. I exceeded everyone's expectations of little old me showing up from freaking Connecticut. Like I just, I thrived off of that energy, that excitement. And it it made me better. It made me show up more, made me more excited. And in that moment of being told like, I'm not good enough this year because of you running your body into the ground, the instant reaction is defense. Like, well, fuck that. Then I don't want to do it. But going a little deeper, letting my body and letting things rest and calm down and and showing up really more so in the right mind frame 
All I wanted was to compete. All I wanted was to feel good and feel like the girl that I did freshman year and show up in that body, in that mindset, in that, you know, wow, this is insane. I'm living my dream. Like that's how I was all freshman year. And that's all I wanted for sophomore year as well. Of course, like I wanted more. But in that pursuit of crazy expectations, I lost sight of why I was doing any of this in the first place. So I had that mental shift and I decided like, if I'm doing all these things, I'm choosing to do them, then I gotta do them. I need to put in the effort. I need to go above and beyond. I need to figure out what's not working and change it. Because, you know, riding the complain train all day long is only going to hurt myself. And I can guarantee it was probably pissing off everybody around me as well who had to deal with me being moody and cranky and hurting and tired and cranky and complaining and blah, 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 blah. They were probably like, God, get this girl away from me. And I don't blame them. So I had that mental shift and it really probably, if I were to think back, came right around Christmas time um, that it had to have because when you... So for gymnastics specifically, we start competing right around January and we usually finish competing right around April. Now we are training all year long, literally all year long. We never take a single day, week, month off. It doesn't happen. So there is no off season, but in the preseason months, we are obviously getting ready to compete. So now that, you know, training starts up and competing starts up in January, what happens, you know, when fall semester is done? Everybody goes home. You have this nice, crazy long break from like the beginning of December to like the fucking end of January. You have Maryland's break. I literally think it was like fucking six weeks or something absurd. It was so long. Christmas break was so long. What did the good old gymnastics team have? We had a solid four days home. Four fucking days. Four days. I'm going to say it one more time. Four days home for Christmas break. We had, I think I was home the 23rd, then I had the 24th was Christmas Eve, the 25th, woohoo, it's Christmas, the 26th, I was getting my ass on a train back to Maryland all packed up. And there is nothing worse than leaving your family and friends the day after Christmas, the morning after, I think my train was at like 10 a.m., the morning after Christmas to pack up your shit and head back into now officially in-season training. Like things just get crazier and we are the only people on campus everything is completely shut down all lights are off everything is nobody's there nobody's there the school's closed but we as the athletes like we're there we're training the you know that's the expectation is you're literally there to train and a lot of us myself included wound up taking a winter class during that time like online or whatever because you're so damn bored all you're doing is practicing for you know four hours a day and then it's like what the fuck else do we do there's nobody around so that's what Christmas our Christmas break looked like and like I said the mindset shift had to happen prior to coming back because if I had come back on campus the 26th of December in that mindset I would have lost my mind and everyone else around me as well so I had that shift probably just being home having that reset for a little bit understanding hey we're coming right up on season we're coming right up on competing and lineups and decisions being made like I gotta show the fuck up I gotta do this thing I gotta do it for me and I'm choosing to go back to school I have to show up So that's exactly what I did. I started eating a little bit more, fueling my body a little bit more, letting myself rest in between practices and training and conditioning. And I was getting better. I I mean, the skills were there. The talent was there. I just needed to let my body do what it knew how to do. And I wound up competing both vault and beam my sophomore year, which... 
I honestly could not have been more proud of myself for that that moment those days you know the night before the meet when we're like hearing lineups and we're getting everything all sorted out hearing my name called and and knowing like the mama I made it kind of moment like that to me melt meant so much more than me doing that for freshman year um because this required a lot more work this required a lot more overcoming adversity a lot more getting out of my own way it just it meant so much more to me and I would call my mom from the hotel room of wherever freaking state we were and tell her like I made lineups I'm competing like and it was it's just this sheer moment of like holy shit you can fucking do anything you put your mind to and if you put your mind to fucking losing you're gonna lose you put your mind to complaining, you're going to complain. You put your mind to winning and succeeding and showing up and doing it, it works. And my mom would just be like, yup, knew you could. Like she, ah, fuck it. Like I said, bless this woman's soul. She was my support system. She was my, you know, I leaned on her so heavily, which is crazy too, because obviously she wasn't there with me at school. But you know, when you have like friends and teammates and people who are like going through it, but like you can't really like, you can't be as vulnerable with them as you are with like your mom or your sister or your family. At least for me, my family is very, very close to me. And to be able to lean on them and have them support me through my bad days and then also hype me up for my good ones, like genuinely speaking, I mean, that felt so good. And I actually wound up having a conversation with my head coach, Brett. Uh, I think it was one of the first meets where I was competing vault. And he just, you know, same thing, pulled me aside and was like, I'm so proud of you. Like, I I cannot even explain to you the turnaround that I have seen and the efforts and the attitude. Like, you deserve every single second of this. Like, go out there tomorrow and have some fucking fun. And, like, to me, those, those small moments, that is everything. That is everything to me. I will, if I could bottle that feeling up and drink it every single morning, I would. Because that's the shit that gets me up out of bed. That's what allows me to keep moving forward. That's what allows me to keep pushing myself. Even to this day, like I'll be in the middle of a workout, a crazy hit workout in the middle of the gym. And I'm doing my fucking burpees or my medicine ball slams. And I'm like, oh, like you got this, you got this. Like having that same mindset of like people are counting on you. This is this is bigger than just you. It's bigger than this moment. Push through that fatigue. Like, you guys would probably think I'm crazy if you could hear my thoughts during these workouts. But like those moments in my past continues to fuel my fire now every single day. And I'm sure the older that I get and the more far removed I am from college athletics in that period of time, um, I will have another, you know, intrinsic motivator that's yelling in my ear to keep going. But for now, it's it's bad. It's looking back on how hard I was able to push for those moments. Like I can push through 30 more seconds of burpees. You know what I mean? I can push through all of the adversity I faced this year. Yeah, I can go a little heavier on my next squat set. You know what I mean? Like I've been through much harder shit. I can do the hard shit now. I can get to the gym when I'm tired. I can eat a little bit healthier when I all I want is a cookie. Like I can do those things. Those things are easy in comparison. And having gone through, like I said, the hard shit, it allows me to look at things a little bit differently. Look at things a little bit more objectively and kind of call myself out when I'm being a little bitch because that shit would not have flown, would not have flied, you know, a couple years ago. If I, if I was making tiny little bitch excuses a few years back, like, yeah, I wasn't making lineup. It was very clear. It was very obvious. And there was more riding on it than just me. So now in the moments when it is just me and it is just my decisions and my thoughts and my success and my goals, I have to put a little bit more weight behind it. Almost essentially pretend like there's others, you know, counting on me. There's other things on the line than just me making a healthy breakfast. Like it goes so much deeper than that. So I, I'm so freaking proud of myself for 
pulling my head out of my ass and showing up that year, being able to compete. We actually made it pretty freaking far into postseason regionals. I mean, there was a moment, it was the last meet of the season. There was a moment we were competing at regionals. It was at NC State in North Carolina, uh, competing against some huge teams. LSU was there. It was it was insane. Crowd was crazy, energy, excitement, and I was competing vault. I was freaking doing it, and I had one job to do, and I stepped up that day, and I was like, I know, I know I can do this. I know I can freaking do this, and what I do? I fucking killed it. And I have goosebumps like no other right now, just even thinking back to that moment. And Brett gave me the biggest hug and the excitement and the energy. Like, I don't even remember the outcome of the meet. I really don't. I remember that moment of me and everything that I'd worked for, everything I overcome that year, just kind of freaking landing on that map being like, I fucking did it. I did it. And if you've never had that kind of moment in your life, I mean, I'm not saying you need to go pick up gymnastics in your part time, but if you've never had that kind of moment of watching and objectively looking at all of your hard work literally come to fruition and and do the thing you always wanted to do, it is one of the most powerful, motivating, invigorating feelings in the entire freaking world. I mean, add that to hundreds of people chanting, cheering, yelling, like the energy in that freaking stadium that day was unreal. And to be able to step up and show up and contribute to my team Oh my gosh, I would go back in a heartbeat. So to bring it full circle, season ended, you know, the highs, the lows, the ins and outs, you know, training tapers off a little bit towards the end of the year. And we, as season comes to a close, we get a little bit of our lives back as gymnasts, as athletes, just being, you know, that that piece of the puzzle for the year uh, calms down a little bit. And it really only is the probably three to four weeks from the end of season in April to when school is done in May, that we get to be slightly normal college students. We get to go out a little bit more. We get to, you know, not have practice for four hours a day. Things are a lot more lenient. And we love, (laughs) looking back, that that period of time for all of us the whole team was like freedom like freedom at last you get to be a 19 year old you get to be a 22 year old you get to just live your life and go to the bars and you know go to happy hour at freaking two o'clock on a Thursday because you want to like it was just it that time that that's what got us through the whole season not actually but you know what I mean like you're looking forward to that time and and being able to just show up as a human being and a college student it was so much fun um so what happens in my life, guys? You should know the answer to this question, right? Highs followed by lows. Always. Always, always, always. And right as season ended, I got the news that, hey, great. We did what we needed to do. I'm so proud of you. We need to go get your ankle fixed. And I was like, oh, my. Oh, okay. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Right? Like, what my coach already was thinking about next season. Like, hey, yeah, girl, we need you for next season. And like the fact that you're limping around right now after everything you do, that's not going to fly. We need this fixed now. And of course, the quicker you go through surgery, the quicker you can recover, the quicker you can be back and ready to go for the next year. So I believe if I can remember off the top of my head, we probably finished our season on I want I weirdly know the dates I want to say we finished our season on like April 9th that year and I had surgery scheduled for April 12th April fucking 12th that gave me not even a week's time to be a normal student and go out to the bars and spend way too long out at night like 
three days. I literally had freaking three days. And then I was meeting with the doctor and headed in for surgery. So I had ankle surgery, like I said, to remove the bone spur on my right ankle, shave that thing down. The doctor had told me, ah, you'll be in and out in about an hour. Easy peasy. They went in laparoscopically. I have tiny little scars. It's going to be a no brainer. (sighs) Holy fucking hell. I should have known. I should have known even just with the year that I had prior to the, you know, great ending, like this was not, this was not in the cards for me. So I went in, I had my ankle surgery, surgery went great. They removed the bone spur. I came out, I was good to go. Um, the recovery process for this specific surgery, he said probably six to eight weeks, which I don't know any doctors out there chime in, please. Like, is that just what everybody says? Is that what you just, you just tell the people? Yeah, six to eight weeks. Yeah, you know, hard to say. Probably around six to eight weeks. Like, that is that is the most fucking stupid, excuse my language, not really, but like, what, what? Six to eight weeks. It was about 12 weeks before I could even move my big toe. Like, I was so brutally uncomfortable, miserable, in pain. Like, nothing about the recovery of this surgery was any tiny little bit in line with what they told me it would be. I thought this was going to be like, you're a little sore, you'll have like a boot on your foot, and you're like, you'll be all right, right? Kind of like one of my ankle sprains. Like, it's a little uncomfortable for a little bit, but you'll be all right. I came out of that surgery. I had the world's largest cast. I swear this thing was 55 pounds from the top, or I'm sorry, the bottom of my knee all the way through my foot, obviously. I had crutches. I had the whole thing. Um, and I was in so much pain. The first couple of days, I was completely numb. But then after that, pain kicked in like no other. And then what happened is I had... <laughs> this is going to be gross for a few of you guys. If you're getting a little queasy, skip to the next segment. But... I'll spare you the details. Basically what happened is I had a very terrible negative reaction and allergic reaction to the iodine spread that they cleanse your skin with prior to surgery. So you know that like bright orange, reddish looking stuff that's like hospital grade that use it for surgeries. It basically cleanses and kills any bacteria in the area before they operate. Um, I didn't know I was allergic to this thing. I'm actually even not to this day sure that that was what it is, but I can't imagine it was anything else. So I had a horrific allergic reaction, probably about a week and a half or so into having this cast on my leg post post surgery, you know, operation is done. We're working on recovery We're you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden I woke up in the middle of the night I'm like, why is my leg so fucking itchy? Like, so itchy, so itchy, so itchy. Tell me, I, I have a giant cast on my leg. So I can reach my finger down and probably get to, like, the very, very tippity top of my calf muscle. And then I can itch, like, my toes that are sticking out of the top. Everything else is completely covered by cast, obviously. And I thought I just got, like, a little mosquito bite, whatever it is, what it is, on my leg. This shit kept me up for... I don't know, three to four hours a night, like trying to stick like a stick or a pencil or a pen or just get something to itch my leg with. Sorry, this is gross. Um, And I was losing my mind. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's got to be the cast. I'm, you know, it's hot out. I'm sweating. I, this cast has got to come off, got to come off, got to come off. I thought I was just like irritated, right? So long story short, we go to the doctor for my post-op appointment. They remove the cast and my entire leg from exactly where the cast started where they cleansed to exactly where the cast ended was completely covered in one of the most disgusting, gross, 
irritated, rash, blood. I, I can't even tell you guys. It was, I'm going to spare the details. It was disgusting. And this thing continued to get aggravated and aggravated and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse to the point of like, hey, are we going to have to, like, is this like an infection? Like, what is going on? And I would, I remember the cast coming off and I would obviously be able to, you know, get my leg wet in the shower now post-surgery. And I would turn the water up as high as it can go in my stupid little dorm room and quite literally stick my leg under and try to like burn the rash like literally singeing my leg because it kind of sort of made it feel better and like I was like kind of killing it. I don't know what it was. <sighs> On top of that, because the story just progresses, I couldn't move my foot for about, uh, I want to say a couple of months. Couldn't wiggle my toes, couldn't lift my foot, couldn't flex it, couldn't point it. It was so tight from this surgery just because of where it was the recovery process six to eight weeks yeah was about six to eight weeks of me having this rash on my leg followed by another six to eight months of me trying to learn how to walk again okay so that's that's the way my life works that's the way the cookie crumbles and you know what through all of this I just kept saying yeah not surprised you know what yeah this yeah I'm not surprised like oh it's so weird you can't even move your toe yeah I'm not surprised right? Because that's the way my life works. And again, going through this hard shit, of course, I didn't just have surgery and then recover and I'm good to go. I've have like this flesh eating wound rash situation going on and I can't move my foot and nobody knows why. So that is the way my life works. And again, highest of highs followed by the lowest of lows. Of course, at some point, I don't even remember when, months and months later, everything did heal. I did start walking again. I did start, you know, learning how to do gymnastics again. I had a whole season ahead of me, very quickly approaching, and I had to, you know, go through a whole rehab process, but it was fucking brutal, and it was no bit what they expected. Of course, shocker, right? Oh, we had no idea it would be like this. Yeah, not surprised. So it was, it was pretty miserable for quite a bit, and it, it kind of it made me smile sometimes thinking about it in the moment because I'm like, you know what? This year really did come full circle. It started out like shit, got pretty good, and came right back to shit. But again, knowing me, knowing my life, knowing you know the way things work for me is the highest of highs and the lowest of lows coming out of a time period like that. I'm like, I've got good things coming my way. I know I do. And that reoccurring message that shit is hard and you have to get through it anyway allows me to keep moving forward so that I can get to the good things. That the good things do happen again. That I don't get stuck in the, of course, I have a flesh-eating wound on my leg from surgery. It's like, okay, when's the next good thing happening? Okay, when do we get there? Let me keep moving forward until I find that moment. Um, So expecting shit to be hard, embracing it, and then figuring a way around it is the way I approach my whole life. Which is why a lot of my shows, episodes, lessons, you know, feedback for you guys is kind of just a do the damn thing. Because your only choice in this life is to keep moving forward. Your only option when things get hard is to figure out a way around it. Unless you're okay with staying stuck exactly where you are, you have to look at it objectively like that. And it's very hard to do in the moment. I've got years and years and many, many incidents of you know practice for this, but it's very difficult and it can be achieved. You can develop that mindset of like, just push through, I got this kind of deal. So if I, I mean, if I had let any of this stand in my way, you know, surgery, ups, downs, highs, lows, any of it, I wouldn't have finished out my final two years in a sport that I had stuck with since I was three years old. I would have quit, right? If I had let, let the hard things get to me, I would have quit. I wouldn't have graduated, you know, my undergraduate degree early. I finished my kinesiology degree at the University of Maryland in only three years, 
Why? Because I worked my ass off. I took summer classes. I took winter classes. I doubled up on credits. I went above and beyond. And if I had let any of these hard things get to me, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have approached it the way that I did. I wouldn't have achieved that, what I think is a pretty impressive feat, graduating your undergraduate degree a year early. I wouldn't have received any of the Big Ten honors and awards that I did for my final year. At Maryland, in the Big Ten, for gymnastics, I received so many different accolades and accomplishments and, and moments that would not have happened if I let shit get me down. And bottom line is I would not be where I am right now, doing what I'm doing, thinking the way I'm thinking, acting the way that I am, if I didn't go through this stuff. That is a fact. That is a fact. And that is the way I look back on my past is not with regret or remorse or I laugh about it now. I'm like, of course my leg was falling off. Yep. Like, of course I decided to eat, you know, 800 calories and try to practice for 15 hours a day. Yep, of course I did, right? And I look back and I laugh because I'm smarter, I'm wiser, I've grown, and I'm so grateful for all of the shit that I went through. And basically for this entire sophomore year, because it led to one of the greatest years my last year. I call it my senior year, even though it was my third year. It's technically junior, but I graduated early. So it was one of the greatest senior years ever. And I, I mean that so wholeheartedly. Maybe I'll tell that story as well. But without any of this stuff, like... I wouldn't have had the year that I had the afterwards, right? And, and I was crying all the time. I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up. I was hurting. I was beat down. But quitting was not the answer that I accepted. Giving up on myself, on my goals, on all the hard work that I had put in, that's not the way I approach things and I never will. So that's the story of my <laughs> lovely sophomore year. There were some positives in there. I promised that there would be, but shit's hard, guys. Shit's hard. It's always been hard. And again, I only have my story to attest to that and what I've been through, but hopefully can give you guys some more insight as, you know, the show continues to grow into who I am and and the stories and things that I've been through in my past to help to kind of develop the mindset that I have. So that is all I have for you today. I will chat next week.